and uh, what we've been doing up here. That's my fault. As I was walking around the neighborhood this week looking at the cicadas, I remembered I preached on this passage in uh, 2017. Now, you probably wouldn't even remember it, but I was struggling with that. So we changed gears and we're going to look at Psalm 121. Another note is if ever there was a day where you probably won't even remember this sermon because you're thinking about the next thing, this is probably the day, right? I feel like the uh, Kentucky Derby, I'm like one of the beginning races everybody's waiting for. Let me pray and then we're going to read Psalm 121. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you that we have the opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, we thank you that the Lord Jesus is ascended to the right hand of the Father and he reigns as king. So Lord, we pray for your spirit this morning as we read your word, as we think about it, that you would be glorified in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Just before we read, let me give a little context. This is one of the uh, uh, songs of ascents, uh, meaning from Psalm 120 to Psalm 134, these are the songs of ascents. And They were the journeying psalms as Israel went to the temple to worship. As they journeyed to Jerusalem, maybe climbing the steps of the temple, giving glory and honor to the Lord. Maybe the exiles coming from far, going to Jerusalem. So they're songs of pilgrimage, songs of remembering the Lord and giving Him honoring. And they also state, They say something about the Christian life, that we are like Israel. We are journeying from Egypt, from bondage to our heavenly glory, to the throne of God where we're going to worship the Lord in all eternity. And so really every uh, Lord's Day when we come here, we're practicing that. We're coming uh, to worship the Lord and to focus uh, upon Him in confidence. And so hear the Lord's Word. A song of ascents. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. This ends the reading of God's holy word. Last week, you may have heard about the hero on the 90th Street Bridge in Ocean City. There was a man by the name of Jonathan Bauer who was driving uh, towards the ocean when he came upon a five-car accident on the bridge. Uh, As he got out of his car, he saw that one of the SUVs was literally on the the jersey barrier on the the wall. And as he ran up, uh, another man was pointing down at the bay, and there was this baby that had literally fallen out of the SUV right there 
in the bay and the, and the uh, child seat was next to it floating in the water. And without thinking, he jumped off uh, the bay, the, the bridge there, some 25 feet into the water, got the child, put her up on his shoulder, pounded her back, the water came back, came out, and she was saved. And, and uh, if you go and uh, YouTube this, you can see the whole thing. Uh, or not, not him jumping, but you can see him rescuing the baby into uh, a boat. And one of the funny things <laughs> was when he gave the interview, uh, the press conference, uh, and he was thanking the EMTs and everything, there was a bunch of Fisher popcorn boxes all around the table. So if you know about Ocean City, uh, you know that uh, they were trying to get their little advertisement in there too. He's probably going to have a lifetime supply. Um, but today, this psalm is about the Lord being that one who rescues us and is our helper, our watcher, our keeper in the midst of the journey of life, in the midst of the brokenness of life, that we can have confidence that we have a God who is our helper, who is watching us and helping us through this journey from sin, from bondage, on to glory, on to heaven, to the new heavens and the new earth. And so this is the theme of help. The theme of help is all through the scriptures because we have a personal God who is not like the deist idea of a God who just sits up in, up in heaven somewhere and he winds the whole earth up and things just happen because they happen. No, we have a God who breaks into our world, like Francis Schaeffer has said, in time and space, and he is an active God. And so we have Psalms like 46.1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Psalm 33.20, our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. We think about Israel down in Egypt in the bondage and how the Lord heard their cry for help and how he came as a helping God to rescue them. And so this theme in this psalm and throughout the whole Bible implies something. It implies that we are a weak people in need of rescue, that we are a people that need help, um, that we can't handle life on our own. The pain and the brokenness of our lives, of this world, are too much. The brevity of life, we've seen that with COVID-19. The tragedies we experience. The ultimate end of our life. The brevity and the death of our life. These all point to the fact that we are in need of a God who helps us. And ultimately, as this psalm is a, uh, an ascent going towards the worship of the Lord, the psalmist is confident that God is the helper. And this is why we worship him. This is why we give him our lives. This is why we journey to worship. This is ultimately why we do this every morning. We're declaring that God is our helper, that we can be confident in this life because God has entered in in the person of Jesus Christ to ultimately help us. And so as we look at the psalm, we're going to see that God is our creator. We're going to see that God is our keeper and that God is our deliverer. In all these ways, he is helping us. And this is why we worship him. This is why we give him the honor due his name. And so the first thing is, 
Our Lord is the creator. So the psalmist here in the beginning is, it's almost a call and response. He says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. In the, in the scriptures and in this passage, these hills, what is this hill referring to? Well, in the Old Testament, uh, oftentimes hills and mountains were symbols for danger. Um, they were symbols also of, we, we, we remember that Israel, um, that the other nations, they would often worship on the mountains. You think of Elijah and the prophets of Baal, Mount Carmel, and how they were the 450 prophets of Baal were crying out to, to the Baal God, right? And that was on a mountain. Uh, we see that they can also be places of danger. We think of the uh, Good Samaritan parable and the, the trip from Jericho to Jerusalem. That was through winding roads and the crevices of the cliffs, places where robbers could come out. Actually, during COVID-19, I've been watching a lot of old Westerns, John, John Wayne Westerns. And just about every one of those movies has some sort of mountain scene where there's an ambush uh, that's happening. And so this idea of the Israel marching up to Jerusalem, is a, is a, they're fearing, too, the journey and the hills that they see surrounding Jerusalem. And they're asking, where is my help? going to come from. And so basically he's, sa he's saying, I'm going to redirect my fear. I'm going to redirect my fear. I fear these hills. I fear the danger that lurks. I fear the evil that could be there. But we have a Lord who has created everything. He has made the heavens and the earth. And so he is confident because God is the ultimate, all-powerful one. Fear the mountains? Huh. Our God made the mountains. Our God is bigger, right? Our God is stronger. And so he's calling Israel to be confident in their fear, not to be anxious, but to remember as we go, as we journey, as we journey, as, as we pilgrimage as, as believers, we can be confident that God is our helper and that God has created everything. There's nothing outside of his realm. He is all-powerful. And now, as we think about Ascension Sunday, the Lord Jesus as king, sitting on the throne, all-powerful. And so, friends, we're here at Wallace. Some, I don't know, is it 105 years? I have no idea. But we're over 100 years as a church. But we can be confident that as we go forward, we have this great helper, God, who has created the heavens and the earth. We don't have to fear the future. We don't have to fear the dangers ahead because we know that our God is all-powerful. Secondly, we go with confidence in worship because God is our helper and keeper. Uh, as you, as you look at this passage, it, it keeps saying keeper, keep, keep. The Lord keeps us. It's some six times. And in the, in the Hebrew, it's this word shamar. I probably didn't pronounce that right. I'll ask Jamie afterwards. Um, but when I read through this psalm, 
I thought, wow, this is, this is what the good shepherd does. Uh, he's an active God with his people. He's keeping them on the narrow way. He's watching them. He's protecting them. He's supporting them with his presence. Sounds like a shepherd, doesn't it? And so, as you think about Israel in the Old Testament, their covenant God has been with them. He has entered in as their great helper, made a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, brought them out of Egypt through the wilderness some 40 years with manna and quail every day, giving them, guiding them by the hand of Moses and Aaron and Joshua and Caleb and later with judges and prophets and kings. You know, destroying their enemies, the Canaanites, the Philistines. This is what the Lord has been to Israel, the good shepherd, guarding them, protecting them. And so as you look in this passage, we see these different aspects. We see him supporting their journey. It says in verse 3, he will not let your foot be moved. The Lord has been a firm foundation for them as they go, journeying towards Zion, Mount Zion, to worship the Lord. Um, If you've ever tried hiking in the the mountains with flip-flops on, uh, you're going to have a problem. That's why whenever we do these RUF hikes and go up to Harper's Ferry, you always say, like, tennis shoes or hiking boots. You know, because your your footing is, is important, and it just slides all over the place. On the journey, God is supporting their feet so they don't sprain their ankles, right? It says in uh, Deuteronomy, this is a fun fact, but that their shoes did not wear out. I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out on you and your sandals have not worn off your feet. Somebody needs to figure out what he was using back then and, and He's also the one that watches at all times. He's like, you know, a guard 24-7. It says, he who keeps you will not slumber nor sleep in verse 4. He's a watchful shepherd watching, uh, keeping us from danger, keeping the enemies out. Uh, He is guarding us like a watchdog, always vigilant to protect his children. He's protecting us from the danger of enemies and of just the wilderness experience. He says, the Lord is your shade on your right hand, verse 5. The sun shall not strike you by day or the moon by night, verse 6. So the heat of the wilderness being parched, God is protecting them from the sun. In fact, I was thinking about the cloud that, you know, they went by in the wilderness. And I'm assuming that that cloud, part of, you know, not only was it moving and guiding them, the pillar of cloud, but it was also protecting them from the heat of the sun as they went through the wilderness. Think of these things. And as we've seen this morning in the New Testament reading, God didn't just help Israel back then. 
but he helps us now through the power of his Holy Spirit. That the Lord Jesus, after he ascended, right? He sent the Spirit, the Helper, to us, the Comforter, the Counselor, to be with us forever, 24-7, around the clock. And so in John 16, Jesus told the disciples that it was to their advantage that he ascend and leave. He says, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But I will, I will go, I will send him to you. He will guide you into all truth. He will glorify Jesus. That's his role, is to glorify Jesus and to make him known. And so for the Christian, for you and I, we have this helper in us by faith. The Holy Spirit dwells within us as that guarantee, the deposit guaranteeing our uh, eternal life and our inheritance and our union with Jesus. And so we have this good shepherd now with us 24-7 around the clock empowering us to know Jesus and to walk in the Christian life and to confess our sin and to be convicted of our sin and to remember Jesus. This is the kind of God that we have. He doesn't leave us alone. He continues to come and his spirit comes to us. This is why in Romans it says, you know, for God did not give you a spirit of fear, but this spirit of sonship that we can cry, Abba, Father. That he is always there to help us in our weakness, to help us in our need. This is why we should worship him, why we should love him, because he's always with us. And he doesn't let, leave us alone. And lastly, our God is our helper, deliverer. In verse 7, it talks about this idea that he will keep you from evil. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. So this, again, I'm going to go back to this Hebrew word here. Evil is translated in the ESV, but it's this idea of misery and distress and badness that sin brings into our life. Uh, the NIV translate this harm, but most other translations say he will keep you from evil. And so the psalmist is saying, I can have great confidence because this God will keep us from evil and from all of the effects of evil. He will deliver us. Now we know that ever since Genesis 3 in the fall, we are in a broken down world full of sin. That since our first parents sinned, we sin. And we, we deal with evil all the time. We deal with sin in our own life and we deal with the effects of sin in the earth. Sin and evil has separated us from God. It's put us under his wrath and judgment. Sin and evil has separated us from one another. It's brought divisions and conflict and relational struggle Sin has separated us from ourselves and knowing who we are and what is true and what is false. Our minds have been affected by sin. It's brought fear and anger and shame and anxiety. All these things weren't there before sin entered in. But now all of that is under this idea of evil and badness, the effects of sin. 
Sin is broken creation, broken the environment. It's broken and affected corporations, institutions, governments, every aspect of life. But the Lord here is saying, He will keep you from evil. And the psalmist is confident that God will keep us from evil, that He will keep us on the narrow way as we journey towards Mount Zion. How does He do this? Well, ultimately, the Lord Jesus keeps us from evil by the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the Psalms here are going, the psalmist is going to Zion, Mount Zion, the Temple Mount, to Jerusalem to worship. This is where evil is dealt with. Finally, sin is dealt with through the sacrifice of the Lamb. Forgiveness is had by those who come under that blood. And ultimately, all of those sacrifices that Israel is journeying for point to that Lamb of God, the one that John the Baptist declared. This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, the Lord Jesus. How has He delivered us from evil? Well, ultimately, our God has kept us from evil because He delivered Jesus into evil. Our God has kept us, but He allowed Jesus to suffer the judgment that was due us. It's only in the Lord Jesus that we're made righteous. It's only in the Lord Jesus <coughs> that we can have confidence that we too are members of that great tribe going to worship the Lord in Mount Zion. And so why should we love worship? Why should we come here? Why should we run here every day? Every, every Lord's Day? Because the Lord Jesus is the one who ultimately dealt with the issue of evil once and for all on the cross. And this is why we worship. And this is why, Wallace, we keep worshiping. This is why we keep gathering. This is why we keep doing what we're doing. This is why we have congregational meetings, Right? And we elect elders and deacons and pastors because God is calling us to this ultimate task of worshiping Him. That all of life is going to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the new heavens and the new earth, where we will worship the Lord forever because of the great love He has shown us. And so let's keep our eyes, let's keep marching, let's lift up our heads, let's be confident as we go from here. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance that race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we can be a confident people because we have the ultimate helper, 
the God who created everything and the God who created us and cared for us in our brokenness, in our lostness, and sent the Lord Jesus to save us and to redeem us and to guide us and to help us and to continue to help us. And so, Lord, we thank you for him and we pray that we would know and love and worship him more and more in Christ's name. Amen. Let's respond by standing and singing.